you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this earth who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple, and that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and in your business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Today on the show, I am chatting with Melissa Houston. Melissa is a certified professional accountant who helps people take control of their finances, slay their debt, and increase their net worth. She's been known for her budget savviness and passion for numbers, and she loves teaching others the skills to become savvy with their money management. When she's not crunching numbers, you'll find Melissa drinking lots of coffee with her three dogs close by. Melissa is also a past visionary client of mine, and I often refer to her as my dream client because she's an action taker and she built her entire online business in just a few months without knowing a thing about online marketing when we first began. Now she's absolutely killing it. In this episode, we chat about personal finance management in times of crisis, and I also fielded some questions from our community that I had time to ask Melissa in our episode. We get into chatting about what the priority of your expenses should be right now during this whole coronavirus crisis. She shares a simple exercise for tracking your essential expenses, as well as your non-essentials and the ones that you're not really sure about. She shares tips for saving money on your weekly grocery bill during times of crisis and every day, and why you should only buy items on sale. We talk about what to do if you cannot meet your rent, utility, or car payments because of loss of income right now. She shares how to establish a budget and why it's important, as well as some of the relief that's going to become available for small business owners during this pandemic, and so, so much more. This is a very topical episode due to what's happening in the world right now, and I would highly encourage you to follow along Melissa's blog, as well as her newsletter, and you can find her at melissahoustoncpa.com. And if you need anything from me during this wild time that we're in, please just head to kelseyridel.com and feel free to book a free 15-minute call with me. Now more than ever, I am thrilled to offer the Visionary Method, which I've been teaching and coaching for over two years now, and it is the program that I walk aspiring and startup online entrepreneurs through in order to help them build and scale up their online business. And, you know, with the gift of more time at home right now, the chance to reevaluate our priorities and clarity is really coming to us in what we actually want in our life because 
we have more time, more more thinking energy as well. So I would challenge you to really think about what is your next move when it comes to your career path. Are you happy in the job that you're in? Do you want to start planting seeds now so that when a crisis like this, if it ever happens again, you're in a different position? Maybe now is your time to get started visionary. So I have knocked off the interest on all my 12-month payment plans, so it makes it very affordable. If you do want to get started today, again, you can find all of that at KelseyRidal.com. Before we dive into the episode, I just want to say what a crazy couple of weeks it has been. I really hope that you and your family are staying well and staying healthy. One of my top priorities during this crisis is keeping our bodies nourished with high quality foods and supplements while it's still possible. And I do this by ordering online from a store called Healthy Planet Canada. Healthy Planet has been taking extreme precautions as we navigate this whole COVID-19 pandemic. And though their stores do remain open, I would suggest taking advantage of their online store, especially because I'm going to share a discount code for you. With the best prices, the largest selection, and brands you won't find anywhere else, Healthy Planet is a shopping experience that I can stand behind, and it has been my number one choice for natural goods for over five years now, but especially in this time that we're living in. If you need to stock your fridge and cupboards for the weeks ahead, use code VISIONARY10 at checkout to save 10% on any online order over $49. That's VISIONARY10 to save on your online purchase. So write that code down and get shopping. Melissa, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I am so excited to have you on today, not only because I love chatting with you, but because you are the person that comes to mind when I think about personal finance and money. And I just want to thank you for being on the show today. So thanks for being here. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. I listen to it every week. Oh, I love hearing that. That makes me happy. (laughs) Sometimes in the podcast universe, it feels like you put out content, but then you're like, who's listening? So I'm there. (laughs) So in light of current events, I'm going to switch up our usual rapid fire that we do. And I'm going to make the rapid fire more conducive to what's going on in the state of the world right now. So number one, what is your favorite part about working from home? home. Right now I have to say wearing the sweats and being comfy all the time. That is definitely my favorite part. Mm, I'm totally into that. (laughs) Yoga pants are a regular choice for my wardrobe, so it's not too much different. (laughs) Um, What would you say is your least favorite part? The social isolation is part of the uh, challenge for me lately. Yeah, it's tough. I think we're all going to really appreciate social interaction as soon as we're on the other side of this. So even if that means like you you thought you didn't like being around colleagues, but now you're just craving that connection with them. Yeah, yeah you're starting to miss them. Exactly. Uh, what's one thing you're super grateful for right now? Well, for sure. I'm grateful that all my loved ones are uh, healthy and safe. Mm-hmm. And, and I certainly hope that 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 stays the norm and, you know, for everybody too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember what your first job was and what's one lesson that you learned from that job? My first job was when I was 14 years old. I worked at a convenience store and on the weekends, I was the weekend baker. 
So I wasn't baking things from scratch. They had like these pre-frozen loaves of bread and buns and stuff like that. So my job was to go in there every weekend and just bake them up. And uh, so the big thing I learned from that was time management skills. Hmm. I knew what I needed to get done and how many hours I had to accomplish these tasks. And uh, yeah, I managed my time really well. And that's something that I can say you are very good at as someone who works full time and has built this business in a matter of months, which we're going to chat about. Uh, so I think that's definitely a lesson that was very valuable for you to learn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's zoom the lens back a little bit, Melissa. When did you become interested in money? Well, I was really fortunate. My dad was very open about talking about money with me and my brother and my sister. And uh, he introduced me in my early 20s to the book by David Chilton called The Wealthy Barber. It's my absolute all-time favorite book. I don't know if it's because it was my first read or... But I I just find the, the information in that book still stands to today. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because actually for Christmas, I bought my husband the sequel to that book and I just saw it sitting on our kitchen counter earlier. And I'm like, I need to read both of those books because they're on our shelves, but I have not read them to this day. So I'll definitely link those in the show notes and maybe it's a kick in the pants for me to go read it, um, especially oh. if it's your one of your favorite books and that's what got you interested in this topic. Yeah, for sure. I find that it's laid out really well and it covers all the basics of getting your financial foundation established. Hmm. So after reading that book, did you kind of just go on this quest or this journey to keep learning more? Um, What kind of evolved from reading The Wealthy Barber? Um, How did you continue to grow this interest and this passion around money? Well, you know, in my early 20s, I was definitely not um, as money oriented as I am now. Uh, I, I looked at it from a personal finance aspect, pretty much back then, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was managing my money well and that I was going to start saving for a down payment on a house. And, you know, I I really had my financial goals pretty clear back then, which I'm really grateful for now when I look back on that. Hmm, Very cool. And so did you kind of have this hunch that maybe one day you would go to school to pursue your interest in finance or what was on your mind after graduating high school, say? Yeah, so when I when I graduated from high school, my main focus was to work in social work. Um, I had aspired to either be a psychologist or a special ed teacher. And I started my career path in social work. I started when I graduated from my DSW from Algonquin College, I was working in group homes while I was going to Carleton University and studying psychology. So um, finance was pretty much the furthest topic from my mind, other than, you know, managing my personal finances really well. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was working in the group homes and juggling several jobs at the same time, I realized like that's a really high burnout career path. And uh, I really had to evaluate my life. I did, you know, I I knew I always wanted kids and I knew that if I pursued this career path, I would probably be sacrificing my family life for it because Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to disengage the two. Uh, You know, when you leave work, you you tend to take the work home with you and an emotional aspect of it. Yeah. So um, faced with that decision and, you know, after a few 
lengthy conversations with my father and other influences at the time, I randomly decided to get into accounting. It was totally out of the blue and it shocked most people, <laughs> most people who knew me. How did you like even land upon that next career path though? Was it just like you just had this epiphany idea and you're like, okay, I'm going to go back to school and, and just make a full pivot or did your father plant that seed? No, I, I always knew that I had a strong sense of business. So okay. when I went back to school, I just, you know, enrolled in a business administration. Mm -hmm. But when I was getting close to trying to decide uh, what my specific career path would be, um, I chose accounting because it seemed like the conservative and smart choice to make. As I kept pursuing my education, I realized that accounting opened a ton of possibilities for me. And especially with wanting to eventually be self-employed, I knew that there would be a lot of opportunities there. Mm -hmm. So um, I continued through my, my accounting degree and then I uh, completed my professional designation. Amazing. And you've been working as an accountant ever since. Is that correct? Yeah. Over 20 years now as an accountant. So I've had a lot of experience working with small businesses, uh, doing corporate tax, personal tax. Um, I do internal control analysis. I've done tons of financial statement analysis, um, mm -hmm. guiding tons of businesses in, you know, proper decisions. Um, I mean, really, there's a lot of areas that I've excelled in, and there are a few areas that I haven't touched on <laughs> in accounting. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring you on the podcast, because <laughs> you are an expert in all the things, and we're excited to learn from you. So before we kind of zoom into current events, I'd love to know why in the recent months did you decide to take your passion for finance to the next level by really launching your own services under your own brand? What spawned that desire to create something of your own? Well, I've known for years that I wanted to offer money coaching to people. And um, what really made me decide in the last couple of months is trying to niche down exactly what I could offer that was different from any other money coach out there. And what I, what I kind of zoomed in on was the fact that, you know, money is a very emotional topic and especially for women, you know, we have a hard time making these emotional um, money decisions and cutting out the emotional part of it. Um, I also see how money and emotional spending are linked and how, um, you know, basically, as a society, we tend to do a lot of emotional spending for, you know, various reasons. And we've ended up in a situation where we're, you know, highly indebted household debts are the highest in Canada that they've ever been. And I really wanted to offer a service that was going to help people get out of these situations. Mm. That's amazing. And I also wanted to combine my social work background with my um, money skill set. And, you know, it, it just seemed like a really good marriage between the two because now I get to help people on a valuable level where I'm help, helping them personally with, with their financial issues. So cool. It's funny that you say you're, you're able to really combine your social work background with the money mindset and, you know, your, your finance expertise, because so many of the guests on this podcast, I would say like 95 out of 100, they've drawn upon whatever it was they were doing in their previous career path 
and have brought that into their new entrepreneurial venture. And I just think it's so neat that we can never discount past experience because oftentimes we are learning from any job or any industry that we work in and we're able to tie in some sort of unique factors from that previous life to what we're creating today. So I just think that's really cool to hear you say that you are able to draw in that past expertise from social work. So uh, very, very neat. Um, yeah, I, sorry. I, I just do feel that I've taken the best part of the social work and the best part of the accounting and managed to combine them both. And it, it, it's a good feeling of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? That is what our world needs. We need innovation in every industry, right? We don't need every accountant to be the exact same. We need you to bring in your unique experience, your um, your past life happenings and your history so that you can be the most unique accountant on this earth, right? And people often think that it has to look one way or that you have to practice your craft in a box, but that's not what's needed anymore. And so I think it's a very fascinating conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, can you just tell us a little bit about your business as a money coach right now? So who do you work with and what types of services are you currently offering? Okay, so as a money coach, I'm coaching people on the importance of getting themselves out of debt and to a place of financial success mm. um, and basically anywhere in between. I actually uh, created um, a little guide. It's called the 20-minute money method, and it offers like a, a roadmap that helps people identify where they are on the, on the grid and where they want to be. So regardless of the financial situation that you find yourself in, it outlines, you know, a typical path, like a typical roadmap to the ultimate goal, which for most people is usually to retire mortgage free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually saw that on your website. And I was so just impressed with uh, the fact that you are now offering that for free as a resource. And I just think that is so, so cool and a great asset for people. So I will definitely link that in the show notes for people to go check out. And another thing I wanted to say was that your website is looking absolutely phenomenal right now. (laughs) So for anyone who wants to go check out Melissa's services and the type of work that she does, I will definitely be plugging her site to uh, go check it out. So you can just find that in the show notes as well. So Melissa, one of the reasons why I'm so thrilled to have you on today is because obviously it is March 20th. 25th at the time of this recording. And in light of the current events, I know that for many, many of our listeners, financial stress is really rising day by day. And our audience is being faced with reduced working capacity and loss of income and layoffs and the ripple effect from all of that. So I'm hoping we can dive into all things debt and creating budgets and really just navigating this shift that we're facing in terms of our income. And I know that you're a great resource on that. So does it sound good if we dive into all those topics? Oh, absolutely. Amazing. So first thing first that I think is going to be a really interesting conversation is the topic of budgeting. So obviously with loss of income or loss of jobs, having a budget can be a saving grace to ensure that we feel in control of the money that we do have. So let's launch onto this topic. So for number one, 
Um, if somebody's new to budgeting, can you just quickly explain what is a budget and why should somebody have one in general? Okay, so that's a really good question. Um, a budget is basically a really good way to measure the ins and outs of your money. So any money that's coming in versus any expenses that are going out the door, having it all established in one place um, is a really good reminder of how to keep yourself living within your financial means. So the benefits of having a budget is, um, you know, once you've measured the income that's coming in and you've measured the expenses that you have to pay out on a monthly basis, you're going to see what your discretionary income level is. And what your discretionary income is, is the money that you have left over after you've covered your expenses. And this ideally is money that you can either put towards your debt repayment plan or you put towards your savings, or you put a portion of it towards your savings, and you know you can allow yourself a little bit of mad money for the month. Mm, the fun money, right? The fun money. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And I, I really like that we're talking about this because, um, I mean, I can speak on behalf of myself, but also many of my peers as well. It's not something that we've been keenly aware of staying on a budget over the past many years. But in times like this, it's something that I'm so invested in learning more about because I just want to feel that sense of security. So I think this is really timely. Um, what types of expenses should somebody track in a budget? I would say you absolutely track everything. That's what everything. I do. And that's okay. what I recommend that my clients do. So basically any money that you're spending that's going out the door, um, it needs to be recorded somewhere so you can be accountable to those expenses as well. Now, am I tracking this like on pen and paper on my little notepad? Am I supposed to create some really masterful Excel document with all these formulas? Like where do I even begin? Well, I would say budget doesn't need to be overcomplicated. Um, and you have to do use the method that you're most comfortable with. Pen and paper is fine. Using Excel is fine too. There's also apps out there that are free or low cost where you can um, have your apps, your phone apps linked to your, your banking. I don't really recommend those because you never know about privacy issues and data mm -hmm. breaches and stuff. But if you're really, you know, app savvy and, and you really want to use it, then, then, you know, do it at your own risk. Mm -hmm. I use an Excel sheet. I do, do use a very simple Excel sheet where I have my income coming in and then I list absolutely every expense that I have, mm -hmm. um, either in a monthly or I also track, um, I have some biannual payments that come out, uh, some annual payments. I always have a sheet that shows me what my upcoming bills are. Um, I once heard a, of an exercise that you could do. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but kind of printing your financial statement or looking through your recent credit card expenses and debit expenses and then highlighting things in either green as essential, red as you can eliminate it, or yellow as if you're not sure if it's essential or not. Have you ever heard that exercise before? Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely. And when I'm coaching clients on uh, their first budget exercise, that's exactly what I recommend is that they go back and look at their prior month's bank statements mm -hmm. and credit card statements and categorize them. Um, I have a sheet that I offer that offers a bunch of categories that can help them uh, put things into different uh line items, and then add up everything that you've spent on, um, separate it month by month. Mm -hmm. And you'll, 
you'll get a better idea of seeing where you're spending your money, um, especially where you're spending your money unnecessarily, like your coffee habits, the daily coffee habits, or eating out uh, when you're working, um, or eating out at home when you get home late at night, you don't feel like cooking. Um, there's a whole bunch of different ways that these extra expenses creep into our budgets. Mm -hmm. So if you have an idea, you're looking at what you're historically spending. And if you're tracking what you're spending, like on a day to day basis going forward, like in the present and going forward, then you have a really good idea of where you can make your cuts. So Melissa, you kind of mentioned these unnecessary expenses, such as grabbing your morning coffee or dining out when you have a busy day. So obviously the term unnecessary expenses is a little bit subjective to people. So in times like these, like what in your head is truly deemed an unnecessary expense and how can we really work to reduce these types of unnecessary expenses in our budgets? Well, the reality of it is, is everybody's financial situation is different. So it's, it's really going to depend. I mean, if you feel that you can afford these, what I would consider unnecessary expenses, but to you, they seem rather necessary. Like say, for example, ordering out when you get home from a long day at work, mm -hmm. um, then for sure, if you, if you feel you can afford it, there's no reason to stop. Right. But um, for people right now who are, you know, losing incomes and, uh, you know, they're just in a total place of financial uncertainty, mm -hmm. um, I would say, and, you know, most of us do have the time to be cooking from home right now. Um, yeah. We really need to, to pull back on those type of expenses. Mm -hmm. So like, say, for example, with my daughter, um, a lot of her unnecessary expenses would be a lot of personal care expenses, which mm -hmm. I'm strongly discouraging right now because she has no idea where her income is going to be coming from for the next few months. Mm -hmm. um, but she's definitely not somebody who relies on the adult responsibilities of paying rent and getting food on the table and stuff like that. So it really depends on a person's situation. Mm -hmm, definitely. So would you say that there are any other sneaky, unnecessary expenses that we might not be aware of, such as, like you said, personal care items, such as that morning coffee? Does anything else come to mind that people might not be thinking that they can actually cut out, but maybe they just have not really thought about this particular item as an unnecessary expense? Well, if you're really, you know, in a situation where you have to start looking your, at your expenses drastically, you know, start with your utility usage. Yes. Um, you know, cutting out cable, cutting out these streaming services, cutting out, um, oh, any you know, sort of subscription service, any sort of subscriptions. Um, you know, right now people are saving a lot of money on gas, which is kind of unfortunate because gas is so low right now, but yeah. <laughs> there's nowhere to drive to. Mm -hmm. Um, another one, I, a big, uh, part of your budget and your expenses is your food bill. And there's huge ways you can cut back on, on those expenses. You know, when you're, when you're grocery shopping, check the flyers before you head out. Uh, shopping, you know, see what's on sale, do your menu planning around the specials that are going on at the grocery stores. Mm -hmm. um, you know, stock up if you've got the extra cash, stock stock up on sale items, but I'm not talking about hoarding here and grabbing all the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, this is 
pre-pandemic behavior where, you know, if there's coffee on sale and you, you use a ton of coffee, then, you know, grab a couple extra tins and, mm-hmm. and save a few dollars on that and keep them in your cupboard or uh, what have you. But there's certainly always opportunities to save money. And if you're looking at non-essentials, like, I don't know, clothing or, or, uh, books or whatever, make sure that whatever you buy, you buy on sale. I mean, pre-pandemic, I always have the attitude and I always tell my kids, if it's not on sale, we're not buying it. Just wait for it to go on sale. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's very smart. And I think that these tips such as checking the flyer or doing your menu planning in advance and going to the grocery store with a list, like people kind of think that these types of tactics are just for quote unquote bargain hunters or people who need to save, but it's actually just really sound advice for anybody to be following, right? Because everything goes on sale at some point, you just need to have a good system in place that reminds you, right? Like sign up for the newsletter that tells you when the store sales are or check in on the um, flyer when you know it's going out that week. So just really, really simple steps that at the end of the day, it's just smart and conscious spending of your money, whether you're in crisis or not. And there's a really good app out there. It's called Flip. And what it does is um, it just has all the sales at your fingertips. So anything that you're waiting to buy, like, I don't know, a TV or a, um, even just, you know, strawberries, whatever, you can just go to this app and it has a list of absolutely every store that has a flyer and you just browse their flyers. It's so easy. Mm, so good. And I love that we touched on revising all our subscription services at this point, just because I do feel like this is, of all times, this is a great time to really examine what are those monthly reoccurring charges on your credit card that maybe you've kind of forgot that you pay for, but now might be the time to really do that analysis of, is this mandatory? And I think one of the best things that has ever happened to my husband and I is losing our credit card and having to cancel it and then needing to re-enter our credit card information and going, you know what, do we really want to give our money over to this subscription service? Like they've taken the last 24 months out, but maybe now's the time to just really take that critical keen eye and say, do I need this right now? Right? Absolutely. And another behavior adjustment that you can make too, if you're really starting to watch your cash um, outflow is by switching to cash. Studies have shown when you're using plastic, it becomes mindless spending because you're not actually physically parting from any sort of cash. You're just putting it on plastic. But if you start carrying cash around, you'll notice that it becomes a lot harder for people to part with their cash because it's such a physical and emotional connection because, you know, you've taken so many hours of your life working for this money and then to just spend it frivolously. Most people tend not to do that when they're on a cash-based diet. That's a really, really good tip. And sadly, right now, not a lot of the stores are accepting cash. But I think once we're out of this, that is an awesome practice to implement is to use cash because it feels like more of a transaction, right? Exactly. Now, And then another thing to while we're talking about plastic is um, if you're carrying credit card debt, um, you might want to make mindful um just an eye opener of checking your statements and seeing how much interest expense you're actually paying on these credit card debts. Mm, Interesting. People 
people tend to ignore that. They go into denial. They're like, yeah, I'm carrying a balance, but whatever. Like I know how bad it is, but you don't really know how bad it is until you check and you're being charged for $500 a month in interest alone. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's huge. So huge. speaking of that um, credit card debt, what are some tips that you could offer to someone who is managing a lot of debt right now while they are facing this crisis of reduced income and uncertainty of the future? Yeah. So I'll reiterate what I said earlier, where, you know, your top priority has to be food and medication. I mean, these are the essentials of life. So if you have mortgage payments or rent that's due, that would be the second thing that you would look at. And if you're having trouble making those payments, um, if you're renting, my suggestion to you right now is to reach out to your landlord if you feel that you can't make full rent or any of the rent, regardless of the situation, reach out to your landlord. Communication is going to be key at this moment in time. Mm. So regardless of who your, your lender is, you need to communicate. So Melissa, what would somebody write in an email or a letter like that if they are in fact a renter who's asking their landlord if they could have a break on rent? Like what does that email look like? Well, I mean, I'm sure that landlords are bracing themselves for these type of emails or communications. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be in the landlord's best interest to work out something with you right now, because, you know, we all know it's a crisis. There's not much you can do at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're, you're affected by the COVID-19 and you've lost your job, you need to let them know, like, look, this was unforeseen. I lost my income and I can't meet my obligations. Now, the Department of Finance, Canada, they released um, a notice today saying that they do have an emergency fund set up for people who have lost their income for COVID-19. Okay. So regardless of whether you were employed or if you're self-employed, um, they're offering $2,000 a month for four months um, for relief. Um, so this is definitely something that needs to be applied for. Now, they just released the information, so they're still going to have to set up, like, uh, you know, how you can apply and, you know, the steps that you need to take and how long it'll take for them to actually get some money into your account. Mm -hmm. But there is a little bit of hope there for an extra $2,000 a month. Wow. That's, I think, a game changer for so many people who are facing some pretty dire uh, times in terms of their bank account and their income right now. So do you know who might be eligible for that? You said just anyone who has a loss of job due to COVID-19? Yes. Yeah, so if you've lost any sort of income, whether you're self-employed or if you're you know, employed by a traditional employer, um, mm -hmm. they're saying that basically everybody is covered. Mm, so you'll probably have to prove some way that you've lost income due to the COVID. Yep. But um, it, like I said, they just released it. So it's as of March 25th, uh, you know, at noon, that was the information I had. And uh, things will constantly be updated and things are changing so rapidly. So hopefully they'll have more information on that program within the next hours or coming days. Mm, that's great to know. So kind of going back to someone who is facing debt right now. So priority is food and medication. And then second to that would be your mortgage and rent. What comes after that? Like if we're able to meet those basic needs, is there kind of a, a trajectory or an order of what we can spend money on after that? Yeah, absolutely. There would be car payments would be next. Okay. Interesting. Um, 
Now, let me just backtrack going into like the, the food and medication is first, but included in your rent, um, whether you're more paying mortgage or rent, you probably have utility bills in there as well. Right. So if you're having trouble making those payments, call your utility provider and make arrangements. Okay. Really good tip there. Um, and at, then after car payments, uh, is there like a continued order here? I'm trying to see, is yeah. this like a logical, like step-by-step step that I just have never heard about or what would be after car payments? After car payments. So then you're dealing with your typical, um, whatever sort of loan arrangement you have. Like, mm-hmm. um, let's say if you've got furniture bill that's coming up, do you know, those don't pay cent events or whatever you'll need yeah. to contact <laughs> Um, if, if you've got monthly credit card bills, you need to contact your bank and make arrangements like basically anything, um, that you have a regular payment on, Mm -hmm. you definitely want to contact your lender and work out some sort of, uh, arrangement because what happens is, is if you default, if you just decide, okay, well, I can't make my payments and, um, that's just the way it is. And I'm not going to reach out to anybody. Yeah. and, and they try to withdraw the money from your bank account. And if they can't get it, then you're affecting your credit rating as well. So it's going to show as a non-payment and it's going to damage your credit rating. And believe me, in these times, a healthy credit rating is super important. Okay. Um, so make sure that you communicate that so that you're still protecting your credit rating. So you think number one tip for maintaining a healthy credit rating right now is just to clearly communicate, you know, when you're able to meet the expenses, what's going on and not leaving anything just to chance. Like maybe they'll shut it off today. Maybe they won't like just have the conversation. Have the conversation. I mean, everybody is in the same situation. So the lenders are going to be more willing to negotiate with you at this point. Um, I don't think it's legal to shut off any utilities, um, during this time on anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just keep an open relationship and apply for any sort of relief programs that they have out there. Mm -hmm. We Um, had a question from one of our listeners just about what to do if you don't have an emergency fund. So I'm kind of hearing that these would be the steps like take care of your food and medication first then think about your mortgage and rent. And if you have to have conversations there, then think about car payments. And if you have to have conversations there. So would this be your tips for somebody who is in a panic saying, I don't have emergency money at this moment? Absolutely. And then um, I know that they're increasing child benefit tax credits. Um, That's on the table and the employment insurance adjustments that they're making. Those are on the table. There's interest-free Canada student loan program. Um, your tax deadline, if you're expecting a refund, I would suggest you get your taxes in as soon as possible. But if you're expecting to pay, uh, the payment deadline is August 31st. So don't even try to pay your taxes until then because there's no point. Okay. You can use that money elsewhere it, where it can serve you better. Yeah. And then just ensure that you've managed to hopefully by August 31st, things will be, you know, back to normal or we'll have some sort of thing you can pay it then. I know there's a lot of talk about the six month mortgage default program. Yeah. 
there's a lot of, um, it, it really seems to be unclear. So it's from what I'm seeing out there right now, it depends on your bank and it, it only applies to the top six banks. Okay. And so you, you basically have to contact them yourselves, expect huge wait times on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once you get through, find out what they're offering and what they're not offering for you. Yeah, I think they're assessing it on a case by case individual level mm-hmm. at this point. If you're a small business owner and you're losing a lot of uh, revenue at this point, um, I've heard that banks, actually, I heard this morning that CIBC specifically was um, offering some relief for small businesses. But I would suggest, regardless of your bank, contact them and see what see if they're offering anything for your small business. There's also a temporary wage subsidy for if you employ anybody in your business to try to keep them on the payroll. So you can uh, contact Employment Services Development Canada to get more information on that program. And then apparently there's flexible tax filing deadlines, but they're not actually deferring any sort of tax payment deadline. So it's just there's a difference between filing your debt or filing your taxes and paying what what's due to CRA right now. Mm. And I also heard that BDC has an initiative out for small business owners as well. Wow, it seems like yeah. I mean, probably every hour, every day, there's more of these initiatives that are being set up. And is there a place that you're learning about all of these? Like, how are you staying in the know about these different deadlines and these credits? Or are you just very savvy and know where to peek? I'm just savvy and know where to peek at this point. <laughs> That's good, though. I'm glad that you've shared these because I am going to link them all in the show notes or whichever. Yeah, I wish I there was find. a place. If there is a place and I haven't heard of it, please share it with me. Yeah, but. Yeah, I do definitely. Um, as far as I know, there's nothing that just compiles all this information in one spot. Mm-hmm. And I love that we're having this solutions oriented conversation because I think in this time, people's mindset is completely out of whack and they're thinking irrational thoughts and they're panicking, which is taking them out of the necessary action to move forward through this crisis. So I know you talk a lot about mindset. Do you have any money mindset tips that you could share with our listeners that will support them during this challenging time? I mean, the number one advice that I'm giving out right now is, and I know it's easier said than done, is to really try not to panic. This too will pass. We don't know when, but it will pass. And right now, there's nothing you can do. Um, so just try to take the emotion out, take the panic out and look at your problem pragmatically and try to resolve it. I mean, just step by step, you know, action is basically the, um, the tool that's most valuable right now. Cause once you start actioning these steps, you're going to feel a lot better because you've got a plan in place. Now, what about for people who have investments in the stock market right now? <laughs> should, yeah. we, should we be looking at them? Should we be touching them? Should we be taking them out? Should we be investing more? Um, you know, anything you could offer us in this pillar of our finances, we would love to hear it. Yeah, so that question is definitely threefold. Um, you know, we're looking at... Uh, what to do. So if your money is still in the market right now, um, it's not a loss officially until you take that money out. So if you don't desperately need that money, leave it in there because there's 
no better place for it to be right now. Right. I know that the um, TSC went up a few points yesterday and we just don't know, like it it could keep going up or it could flatten out again. We don't know. So keep your money in there if you don't need it. If you absolutely have to take it out, make sure that it's only for an emergency, like a survival technique. That okay. that's what I would encourage at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's only a loss when you take the money out. Um, and then the third thing would be um, if you have extra money right now, it is the perfect time to invest because you're getting bargain basement deals. Right. Yeah, that's something I haven't really thought about, but definitely an interesting point for anyone who does have um, some extra cash lying around that they're looking to put into the market at this point. As long as you're prepared to part with that cash on a long-term basis, then absolutely. It's a great way to to earn some money over the long term. But if you're going to need that money in the short term, you know, like within the year or two, I, I don't recommend investing. But would you say long-term as in like five to 10 years or more, 20 years or more? I would say five to 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So um, I want to kind of go back just to a couple more questions about people who have small businesses during this time. So almost everyone's business will suffer in some way, shape, or form. So any other tips that we haven't covered yet for small business owners who do need to continue operating, trying to continue generate money on this reduced operating capacity at this moment? So just any tips you can offer? Yeah, excuse me, the tips that I have would be, you know, keep operating, keep, you know, doing what you can do. For sure, there is going to be a lull in the market right now. Um, It just depends on your business. Like, um, I don't know if you guys have Fitness Depot where you are. Yes, we do. Yeah. Did you see a clip on the news yesterday about how busy that place is right now? I did. I actually think you posted about it. So I saw it because I'm quite amazed by that. But I am the type of person who would have been in that lineup. You are, right? Well, I'm like, all my gyms are closed, right? Like, well, I need to build a home gym. Yeah. And, and, and I totally understand that. But on the other hand, I mean, this stuff is not cheap. Where, where are people, you know, coming up with their money? But I mean, it's different strokes for different folks. I wasn't sure if it's because Ottawa was a government town and, you know, our incomes are relatively unaffected. Right. Or if people were reacting like that across Canada. But um, I'm more buying those little booty bands that cost five bucks to do an at-home workout. But yeah, I guess (laughs) if people are buying like treadmills and stuff, that's a bit insane to me. It seems very knee-jerk reaction to me. Yes, agreed. You know, totally I, I agreed. Think that you know, if you're going to make the big purchases, you know, give it a few weeks. It's still early yet. We don't yeah, know what this could happen. last. Like two more weeks, right? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. So, um, I'm all for encouraging support your small businesses around you. If you have the money to spend, by all means, like invest in the small businesses because those people are the people that are really affected by it. Not the big yeah. box stores, but the small businesses. So. If you're um, ordering food, if you have to do a takeout, you know, consider your small business owners over, you know, McDonald's or whatever. I love that. The money goes into their pocket, Um, you know, and like I said, you know, you can't let your emotion of panic override everything. And if you feel that you can afford something, then there's absolutely no reason 
not to spend your money, but right. just, you know, spend it mindfully, be cautious of how you're spending it. Mm-hmm. Don't frivolously spend, don't mindlessly spend, cut back on the, on the unnecessary purchases. But if there's something that you feel that you do really need and you have the cash to pay for it, then, yes. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's the big key part of that statement is if you have the cash to pay for it, right? Yeah. This is not the time to be just racking things up on your credit card going, oh, exactly. I'll figure it out later. That's probably not um, smart future thinking. Exactly. And if you're carrying credit card debt, I always say, you know, I don't care if it's a pandemic or not. Like you should not be spending money on your credit card if you're carrying a balance. I did a little thing on uh, compound interest. I did a Facebook live about that and I wrote an article about it and compound interest is amazing if you're investing your money, Mm. but that's how the credit card companies charge you interest payments. So essentially what you're doing is if you owe money and you know, let's say like they've charged you $500 for your interest expense, um, you know, at the end of February and you still can't pay off your card at the end of March, they're charging you your balance plus that $500 interest that you still haven't paid at an average of a 20% rate. So you're constantly spending money on top of money for interest charges. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's amazing how it can spiral out of control. Absolutely. Yeah. That's something that I think um, not enough people know how detrimental that can be to their long-term financial success, right? Oh, it, it is the number one money sucker is your interest expenses on credit card debt. And you said you had a blog or a video on that. Is that true? Yeah, I do. Um, on my Facebook page, I have a video on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melissa Houston, CPA, CGA. Yeah, that's my Facebook page. And then on my website, uh, melissahoustoncpa.com. If you go to the blog section, there is a blog on, and there's a little chart too that shows, you know, if you invested a hundred dollars a month, how quickly it would grow over time and, and whatever you're earning on interest. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, I know you also have a private Facebook group too. So how can uh, people, let's just learn about all the places we can learn more about <laughs> the amazing expert that you are. We want to find you and I want to link all of your different locations in the show notes here. Well, thank you, Kelsey. Um, yeah, my f- private Facebook group is Badass Money Managers. So if you're interested in signing up, we'd love to have you there. It's a great mm-hmm. little community. We talk about... Um, debt savings investments. Uh, right now it's a lot of talk about what, what programs are out there by the government. Awesome. Um, as, as they become released, I tend to post everything there, try to keep everybody updated. And then on my Facebook page, I try to keep people updated there as well. That's awesome. Um, and if somebody wants to learn more, uh, the best place to find you probably your website. So that's just Melissa, Melissa Houston, CPA.com. That's correct, right? That's right. And if you grab the 20 minute money method, um, if you grab your free copy of that, then you'll be on my email list and I send out my money Mondays. Well, every Monday, every Monday. I love it. So good. Do you have any last words for people who are feeling panicked or stressed or just very uneasy when it comes to their finances at this moment in time? Yeah. One thing uh, we didn't touch on, which I kind of wanted to, was um, a lot. There's a lot of talk out there about refinancing homes right now. Yeah. 
sort of tapping into your equity in your house. And um, first of all, I don't think it's possible right now because of the Ontario closures, the shutdown, the business shutdown. Mm-hmm. But um, highly recommended not to take any drastic action at this point. Yes. You know, it's still early. We're only what two weeks into this catastrophe. Well, I shouldn't say catastrophe because that's just fear mongering. Um, <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> it, it does feel like, especially when you're stuck inside. But yeah. um, you know, we're we're only two weeks into this. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and like I've mentioned earlier, you know, we we just have to try to make our financial decisions without emotion. Yeah. You know, try to take the panic out, try to take the worry out and try to believe that everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of your financial situation, um, there will be programs in place to help. And when we talk about these programs, another thing I did not mention is, you know, especially with the release of the $2,000 a month program. It's a great program and like everything that the government of Canada does, you know, they're here to help and they have the best intentions at heart. But the reality of setting up this program and getting money into people's bank accounts is going to take a long time. Yeah. So do not expect to get your $2,000 by next week because that will not happen. I can Mm -hmm. guarantee you Mm -hmm. it's going to take time. And in the meantime, be smart with the money that you do have and definitely implement some of these tips that Melissa has shared today. And for more information, definitely head over to her blog because you post so much wonderful content that is not only applicable to the time we're in right now, but any time, right? So it's never a bad time to jump over to your website and just continue to learn and to advance our own knowledge in the realm of personal finance. So thank you so much for being on the show. I think there's tons of different nuggets that we could have gone on long tangents, but this is a really great introduction to how to stay calm and how to feel empowered during this Corona crisis that we are in. So thank you, Melissa. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Kelsey. I hope to chat again on the show one day soon, uh, just about non-crisis tips. So we'll have to have (laughs) you back one day. Exactly. And I hope everybody stays healthy and safe out there. Yes, absolutely. That's priority. So thanks again. And we'll chat soon. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So if you could help me out by rating and reviewing this show on your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories. Just make sure to tag me at Kelsey Riddle. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action please reach out because I would love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.